Hello, I do want to welcome you back to the Academy Podcast brought to you by OEBS and Bobaway Media. Uh, here with me today is Brother Jesse Dickinson. Thank you for joining me today, Jesse. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. I guess I should say thank you for joining me again because we tried this last earlier in the week and uh, the uh, technology was cranky. And so we're going to do this again today. But uh, as we've been going through this, we, we've been interviewing instructors, giving people a chance to kind of get to know everybody that's uh, working, that's instructing OEBS. And, and uh, later here a little bit, I'm going to try to also even get Trent on here. He doesn't know that, but if he's listening, he's about to find out. And so we're going to get him on here as well. And just whoever else we can get on here that has been working with OEBS for, uh, for so long. And so I want to start off by asking, uh, when did you get into preaching uh, and why did you decide to get into preaching? Um, I tried my hand at preaching back in 1974. I'd been a Christian for about six months, and I knew that uh, I had an obligation to uh, take what I had learned and try to communicate that to others, but I just didn't know how to preach. <laughs> if you went back and were able to listen to how I preached in 1974, you would understand that. But I had an older brother, my oldest brother in my family. Uh, he was the one who persuaded me that I needed to be a New Testament Christian. He's 11 years older than I am. So he was in his early 30s. I was in my early 20s. And um, I viewed the old Jewel Miller film strips and decided to be baptized. And six months later, I found myself in the pulpit on a Sunday night in a congregation of not more than 15 people scared to death if somebody <laughs> said boo i went right through the wall but uh my oldest brother decided he wanted to be trained so he uh he talked to the preston road school of preaching and uh eldred stevens was the head of the school back in those days and if anybody contacted him he was very quick to get back with them and try to get them lined up and and so my brother uh started school in 1975 and he had four boys and uh he just packed up and moved to texas so he could get his training and he no more than got there and i just got married in 1975 and he started telling me i need to move down there and get the same training he was getting and so uh the next year i went 1976 and i got through two years of schooling and preached full-time for the first time in 1978 the church in frisco texas just north of dallas and since then, I preached uh, in Indiana, and I preached in uh, Tennessee. I preached in Texas again, and Mississippi, Louisiana, and now I'm in Oklahoma. And uh, the truth is the truth no matter where you go. Uh, yeah. The gospel is still the gospel. Now, we, I mentioned this before, uh, that my father-in-law, Chuck Northrop, went to uh, Preston Road uh, with the same director, Elder Stevens. I don't remember what year it was. He was. Uh, uh, he graduated the year I started. He graduated in July of '76. I started in August of '76. Knew it was. Yeah, I knew it was pretty close. Yeah, I missed um, him. He <laughs> graduated before I got there, and I heard about Chuck Northrup for forty years until <laughs> I moved to Sepulpa. I said, I thought you were made up by other people. I said I had heard of you for forty years. I finally got to meet him, <laughs> and it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Uh, now, and you are preaching, as you mentioned, you're at the, uh, Lee and Wanda congregation there in Sepulpa since, uh, how long? 
five and a half years now. Five and a half years. That it doesn't seem like it's that long to me, but for people on the other side of the pulpit, it probably seems like 20 years already. They have no, it really doesn't. I remember, of course, I remember the man who was there before you, and I remember you coming, and I thought, and I'm thinking, like, man, five and a half years, I'm about really fast. I don't, yes, it did. I think you got a little more gray hair than what you did when I first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna edit that part out. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Now, I know you just started at OEBS just uh, here, what a couple years ago? Is that right? Uh, This would be my fourth year. Your fourth year, yeah. Yeah, 2019 was my first year. So you got 19, 20, 21, 22. Now I know uh, you started when Chuck was uh, the director, and this is a question I like to ask: is Why did you want to teach with OEBS? Well, first of all, I was invited to. Uh, (laughs) That's a good reason. The first time I met him, he said, would you be interested in teaching on OEBS? And I said, I've never done it before. But I said, yeah, I'd be interested in doing that. And uh, I think I told you earlier in the week, one reason I like to work with OEBS is I can go places with Online Academy of Biblical Studies that I cannot travel to myself. Mm -hmm. I've had students, several students in Africa, I know I had one in Great Britain. Uh, I've had them in Pennsylvania. I've never been in Pennsylvania in my life. Uh, you know, I've had them in Texas. I've been there. I had them in Arkansas. I've been there. Uh, I've had a lot of students in places that I haven't been to in quite some time. I can't travel in person to all those places. Uh, not every Saturday anyway. But OABS uh, is part of taking the gospel to the entire world. And I'm glad to be able to be a small part of that. Uh, I think it's a great work. Yeah, you know, it's, it is, it is, when you hear online school sometimes, and not so much as it used to be, I think the uh, whole COVID thing kind of changed our perspective on a lot of online things. Yeah. But, you know, OEBS is, is when someone hears online school, sometimes I think they get the idea that it's going to be a easier school. And what's, no. Kind of humorous is the first the first semester with some of those new folks, the rude awakening they get is 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 pretty humorous sometimes. Yeah, it, it's not a fluff course. Uh, when I when I teach the course, I don't know any better. I send out homework assignments after every session, and memory <laughs> work assignments. By the end of the by the end of the uh, term, I've had them memorize 60, 50, 60, 70 verses. Yeah, you know, on the New Testament church. But, you know, and, that's that's the purpose of the school is to, to educate people when we got them there. And they're responsible for any or all of those on the final exam. Whatever I want to put on that test, they're responsible for it. They've had it. <laughs> uh, they're responsible for everything we've covered up till the last two sessions. I can't get I can't get a test over those last two sessions. So uh, because of time constraints. Yeah, but it's, it's not, not a, a of course. Yeah, uh, it's not a walk in the park. And, brother, and, brother Northrup told me that he wanted to be college level. And, yeah. You know, so that's that's what I'm kind of trying to do. You know, you know, and it's what's what's interesting uh, is I know of students personally who have finished a two year school at you know a brick and mortar school and uh, had them come and take additional classes through OEBS. Uh, to put it in their terms, it was more in depth with OEBS. And yeah. I take that as a compliment. I won't use that as a chance to bash anyone else, but it is a compliment to hear that others come to OEBS to help in that way. And so, I mean, just another way in which OEBS helps uh, helps everyone grow in their knowledge. 
Now, as we've been doing, we've been asking instructors, I've been asking instructors to, for, to pick a scripture or a section of scriptures they want to discuss. And I know you have one picked out, I'm, so I'm going to let you lead our Bible discussion for the remainder of our podcast. Okay. Um, the passage I would like to discuss is Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, uh, which says, Though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became unto all them that obey him, the author of eternal salvation. Of course, that's talking about Jesus. Jesus was and is the son of God. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. That does not in any way mean that he was disobedient before he was crucified. I think what it means is he learned the cost of obedience. I've known Christians who have the attitude that it doesn't cost them anything to be a faithful Christian. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. It costs you what you used to do, places you used to go. You can't go there anymore. Things you used to do, you cannot do them anymore. The way you used to speak, you can't speak that way anymore. Uh, Jesus said we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. And uh, that's not easy. There's a cost for obedience. But I also want to emphasize the second part of that. And having been made perfect, he became complete, entire by what happened at Calvary. He became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Obedience somehow in the religious world today is a negative term. Oh, we don't believe in obeying God. We just want to praise God, and we want to we want all the benefits, but we want don't want to have to do any obeying. But obedience is a part of God's plan of salvation. You know, and obedience implies or carries with it, you might say, submission. And the in obedience or submission is one of those words that you know people are they don't like that you know yeah, husband exactly. or wife being submissive to her husband as the bible describes she used to be that's you know horrible that's you know what is it the term toxic masculinity or what do you want to call yeah. it and, and yeah it's uh primitive yes primitive <laughs> well you know the gospel is primitive i'm sorry you know but it's also up to date it doesn't yeah. But, it's 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 simple and it's it's powerful and I think that's what confuses a lot of folks is it's it's simplicity, and yet it's power behind it. I, I mean, to apply the Bible in the home, to apply it in uh, you know personal life, it it solves every problem that mankind faces. The problem is mankind, like you said, doesn't like the things that the Bible reveals that's required of us, you know, from God, like obedience and submission. Exactly. And so, but you know, if you're, we, people don't, we look at submission in a very poor way. We do. It, you know, submission is not a dirty word. It's a word that implies respect and honor being given to those who deserve it. And God, no one is more deserving than, than God. Well, I mean, it's, it's so disobedience is so common in our world today from students in grade school who will not obey the rules to, to students in high school who will not obey their teachers and what, you know, what the rules are to grown adults who will not obey the law of the land. When it says 55, that doesn't mean 62 <laughs> when the speed limit is 55. You're supposed to obey that. When the law says stop, that means full stop. It doesn't mean to roll through the intersection because you slowed down, look both ways. Stop means stop. But people are so against 
submission and obedience that that's drifted off into the or drifted over into the religious world. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of folks, like you say, that's they don't want to do that. They don't obey the law of the land and they're not going to obey the speed limit laws. They're not going to obey teachers. You know, and the thing about obedience and submission, it, it is not possible to for individuals to have heaven as their home if they're disobedient or if they're not submissive. And, you know, you can't be submissive. You can't be obedient without being submissive. And you can't be submissive without being obedient. You know, they both go hand in hand. Yes. And if we're, if we are afraid to do either, either of those things, you know, then heaven is beyond our reach. Uh, you know, that's, that's, what we fail to realize is that if you're disobedient, you're in sin. Therefore heaven's beyond your reach. Isaiah 59. If you're not submissive, heaven's beyond heavy. You're, you're in sin. Therefore heaven's beyond your reach still. Well, and so, you know, when you read verses here, like you picked out Hebrews five, eight, nine, um, uh, to your point, like in verse nine, where the Bible tells us, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. That's conditional. You know, the Bible is filled with conditions, and yes. uh, heaven is a conditional place. It is available to all, but there are conditions of entrance, and just as it should be. I mean, we would want the unrighteous in heaven because then heaven, well, wouldn't it be heaven. Well, sometimes when you talk to people about obedience, and the need to obey God, to obey the gospel, they'll say, you're trying to earn your salvation, mm-hmm. which is not true. I said, I'm just trying to be obedient to God. I'm trying to get to heaven by obeying what God has said to do. I will put that up against your disobedience to what God said to do. And we'll see who's right and who's wrong one day. You know, you know it's, like a, it's like a child who, who obeys his parents. You know, would you say they're trying to earn their way uh, into you know, getting whatever gift they want. Well, no, you you probably would say no. They're they're doing what I told them to do. Uh, you know, right. and that's the reality of it. We it's people misapply things, and really, and many times, like I talked about in our apologetics class today, the are quick to point the finger at God and point the blame at Him for anything that's negative in life, but they don't want to take uh, you know any. Uh, responsibility for their own actions and disobedience you know it's our choice no one makes you become disobedient so on the day of judgment uh you know there's no one who we can point the finger at and and that's what people are doing today though they want to point the finger and say well you're trying to earn your way into heaven when in reality we're trying to be obedient to god that's how we get to heaven obedience right uh you know, there's a lot of wealthy people in the bible and people who did a lot of good things even christ pointed out he says uh you know many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons and all those other things, saying they've done all these things in his name. It, but even though they said he, they said that he, they'd done these things in his name, he still tells them, depart from me, I never knew you, which implies they didn't obey him. And yeah. so which the one the, who's going to heaven is one who does the will of God. Matthew 7, verse 21. Yeah. You know, Peter a, asked a question. I think it's in First Peter chapter 4. If judgment begin first to the house of God, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Well, the answer is found over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Paul says, And to you that are troubled or afflicted, rest with us the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven, with the angels of his power in flaming fire, rendering vengeance to them that know not God, and to them that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus who shall suffer punishment, even eternal destruction. There's the answer to Peter's question. What's going to be the end of them that obey not the gospel? 
they're going to suffer punishment, even eternal destruction from the face of the Lord with glory of his might. That doesn't mean the rest of us who are obedient are somehow earning our salvation. That's not our intent. That's not what we're doing. Uh, you try to go to heaven through your disobedience and see how far you get. I'm sorry, yeah. but I don't think you're going to accomplish it. Yeah. Like you said, if, you, if you're not obedient, you're still in sin. If you will not submit, you're still in sin. Yeah. But, you know, and this is exactly why one of the purposes of OEBS is by sound teaching, you know, helping others come to the truth. Because whether we're talking about a person who comes to OEBS wanting to be a preacher and thus they're using it as a preacher training school or someone who's wanting to just grow in knowledge as well. Right. We can be reminded right. of these things. And sometimes it affects us personally. Sometimes it's, you know what, I need to go talk to this person and remind them of, of these things. And so, you know, in that way, OEBS helps, helps us not only grow in knowledge and prepare for, you know, being a preacher, if that's our desire, but it also helps us, helps restore zeal and really helps us in a very evangelistic way as well. Right. I've had uh, several students that are ladies, and I hope they're not planning on being preachers. In fact, one graduated just this past summer. Um, oh, Vicky, yes. Yes, Vicky. She was one of my students first year I taught. And uh, I wrote her a letter. Her. I emailed her and congratulated on her graduation. And she wrote me back and said, thank you. I said, She said, your class was helpful. The material that I had to read when I was in your class was helpful. That was my first year. I made them read books and do some book reports. But I don't require that anymore. But. She said, I still have the books that I used in your class. You know, so, she, she, she signed up for more Monday night classes or Tuesday night classes as well. well uh, and it's, uh, it's encouraging to see, you know, because some of those classes are different than Saturday classes. And, and it's, right. it's encouraging to see just the desire, just I want to know more. I want to know more. She's, and she's uh, not planning on preaching, is she? <laughs> you know, she's a member of the church. Her husband is, I believe she's a member of the church, my knowledge. Her husband yes. is in the military. I think yes. she's one over in UK. So, yeah, she's from uh, Oklahoma originally. Okay. So she okay. told me that, uh, yeah, Oklahoma is okay. Uh, she told me uh, it was good to hear some good Southern voices again in <laughs> ABS class. And I said, well, I have lived in the South nearly all my life. There's a, you know, I grew up in Illinois. That's not South, but I was from good Southern stock, you know, uh, <laughs> Southern stock, I like that. Southern Kentucky and, <laughs> and folks in Tennessee. And, you know, so I know what a Southern accent is. <laughs> but, well, uh, well, we're going to wrap it up there. I do think you're being right. here with us today, brother. I do appreciate all those who are listening and for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you haven't listened to others, I do encourage you to go back and listen to the other instructors who have been uh, interviewed and there will be more coming uh, later as well. Again, we do thank you for listening, and we hope you uh, join us again next time.